Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today, as always on the Yoga Hour, we're going to be talking about yoga in the broadest sense. Yoga as a system of philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that most people recognize today, but many people view it in a very limited fashion as just perhaps stretching or an exercise routine. Um, but in fact, the word yoga means oneness, union, or unity. And it's really talking about the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Our topic today is discover eternal joy and ultimate freedom. How can we access joy that lasts independent of our life circumstances? And what is ultimate freedom? How can we attain it? Patanjali's Yoga Sutras has long been recognized <clears throat> as a guide to help us discover this eternal joy and ultimate freedom that is the birthright of every human being. The sutras teach us how to create and live the life we dream of and assure us that we are destined to discover our pure being and to experience lasting joy. <clears throat> My guest today on the show is Pandit Rajmani Tiganayat author of a new translation and commentary called The Practice of the Yoga Sutra, <clears throat> excuse me, Sadhanapada. And we will be discussing how to apply the living wisdom of the Yoga Sutra in our practice to achieve lasting fulfillment. Pandit Tiganayat is a successor, is the successor of Sri Swami Rama of the Himalayas and the spiritual head of the Himalayan Institute. He's a leading voice of yogainternational.com and the author of 15 books, including this recently released practice of the Yoga Sutra, Sadhana Pada. His teachings offer practical guidance on applying yogic and tantric wisdom to modern life. Over the past 35 years, Pandit Tignayat has touched innumerable lives around the world as a teacher, humanitarian, and visionary spiritual leader. You can find out more about him, about his books and teachings at the website HimalayanInstitute.org. Welcome, Panditji. I'm so delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. 
thank you, Dr. Trujillo, and this is a great honor and pleasure, as it it is always, you know. And I have such a wonderful, fond memories of being at the uh, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, and uh, I'm very grateful that you are having me um, uh, on the radio today. And, mm. So before we begin our dialogue about eternal joy and ultimate freedom, let's start with a yoga moment, a moment of meditation. So let's take this moment, this moment right here and right now and use our breath which is a tool that is always with us use our breath to bring our attention and awareness to right where we are right now so begin by just noticing notice the inhale and exhale don't try and change your breath Just notice its natural flow. Cool air entering the nostrils. Then warm air flowing out. As you follow your breath, also just bring your attention to the here and now. And notice any sights or sounds. Perhaps feel the air moving on your skin or notice a particular scent. In this moment, as we bring our attention to the present, we can notice the essence at the core of our being. This part of ourselves that can witness This one reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, wherever we are, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond all change, beyond sensation, pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field the emotional nature, and the physical body. We can bring that peace with us into our day and share it with all that we meet. Once again, Pandaji, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Dr. Laurel. And our topic today, as I said, is eternal joy and ultimate freedom. So let's start there. So when we talk about joy, most people would say that they want to be happy. Yet our happiness is often tied to external circumstances or possessions. We think, oh, if I only could afford a new car, then I will be happy. Or if I only had a boyfriend or girlfriend, then I would be happy. 
But yoga describes a different kind of happiness, an eternal joy, which is part of our essential nature. So how does this eternal joy differ from the happiness we get from external circumstances? So see, Laurel, um, in our daily life, as we notice that there are lots of people out there, those who have plenty of money, beautiful cars, beautiful house, and they are not necessarily happy. There are other group of people, those who do not uh, have uh, all these, uh, you know, the symbols of uh, 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 luxuries, and yet you find them happy. And uh, so happiness is really not so dependent on what we have or what we don't have. It is a state of mind. And once we reach that state of mind, then we can be happy anywhere. In fact, I should tell you, once uh, my daughter, she was very young, very young at the time, maybe she was uh, in uh, high school, and we visited um, uh, Himalayas, and we visited a cave high in the Himalayas, and uh, we met a sadhu. And I did not realize that what kind of impact he made on my daughter. And uh, she wrote a um, uh, uh, paper for her high school where she concluded herself that um, uh, happiness is a state of mind because she noticed that this sadhu, this yogi in the Himalayas living in the cave, hardly had anything, just some little kerosene oil to light his lamp and uh, just few nuts and berries. And that there was an amazing... Uh, sense of happiness in him and around him. So it is a state of mind, and that's what um, all of us are trying to achieve. And unless it's there, then our beautiful car really is a burden, our wonderful house is a burden, our wonderful family is a burden. In fact, the whole world which is so beautiful, so lovely, and yet we just remain unhappy and unsatisfied. So it is, I say, it is a state of mind, and that's what yoga is trying to tell us, that Achieve that, and once you have achieved that, then everything in life makes so, so much sense. Mm. <clears throat> so we, we've titled this episode, um, Discovering Eternal Joy and Ultimate Freedom. So what, what is the relationship then between that, this joy, this deep happiness that is uh, unchanging, that is, is independent of external circumstances? What is the relationship between that and liberation? See, every culture, every tradition, ancient and modern, talks about liberation, freedom, you know. And what it means is actually freedom from that which is bothersome, that which is bothering us, freedom from pain. And uh, so first step is to achieve freedom from pain and sorrow. So at physical level, there is a pain in our lower back, there is a pain in our shoulders, or at much deeper level, there is a pain caused by some uh, uh, serious diseases. And as long as we have not transcended, we have not overcome the pain, it is very difficult to even comprehend the idea of joy. So therefore, in yoga tradition, uh, the first step is heyam. You know, this, uh, uh, as you said, uh, this, uh, the Yoga Sutra Patanjali talks about that um, first we, rec- we must recognize that there is pain. And this recognition is very simple because there is no human being who is absolutely and completely free from all pains in life. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. step is to recognize this fact that there is a pain. At the same time, recognize the fact that this pain can be avoided, provided mm-hmm. we find the right tools and means, and we are interested in using those tools and means. And that's what yoga is all about. That here is your body, here is your breath, here is your mind, here is your consciousness, and here are your current circumstances. Look at how comfortable you are in your body, how comfortable you are in your mind, how comfortable you are in your current circumstance. And when you notice that, uh, that you are comfortable, fine. But the thing is, you could be even more comfortable. At least start from there. And therefore, make an effort to overcome the pain. That is called freedom. Freedom, mm. liberation. 
people talk about liberation in very lofty terms that liberation from the cycle of birth and the life and birth and death and birth and go to heaven, stay in the heaven, never come back. That is something super abstract. That kind of liberation, uh, that kind of concept regarding liberation, people have been talking for ages. So far, n- there is no agreement regarding that freedom. Some say that there is nothing like uh, uh, heaven and hell. Some say no, there is heaven and hell. Some say there is uh, uh, karma and reincarnation. Others say, well, I don't believe in it. Regardless whether we believe in such thing or we do not believe in such thing, the truth is that. There is need for becoming healthier, happier, more peaceful, more prosperous, more abundant. And that, mm-hmm. that begins with attaining <laughs> freedom from our current pain and sorrow. And once yes. it's here, then we come to realize, wow, I can't believe that life is so joyful. Life is so wonderful. That is how the liberation is the foundation. Liberation or freedom from pain and sorrow is the foundation for working toward finding our eternal joy. So that's the relationship between the two. So you, you've mentioned, and of course your book is is about uh, Patanjali's uh, Yoga Sutras, the second pada. Um, and in this book that um, most students of yoga are familiar, at least have heard of it, he really outlines the yogic practices that lead the practitioner to this liberation, this freedom that we've been talking about. So how do you uh, how do you talk about um, uh, these practices? Um, where well, let's start with Kriya Yoga. Um, how do you explain Kriya Yoga? To your students, because Patanjali at the very beginning of this second pada really describes uh, Kriya Yoga as being made up of three practices that we'll talk about. But let's let's just start with Kriya Yoga itself. How do you describe that? First, let me uh, 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 tell you and uh, and the audience here that uh, almost a century ago, hundred years ago. The founder of uh, this great organization in this country and also the worldwide, that is uh, Yogananda Paramhansji, started uh, this Kriya Yoga movement. And it is really one of the greatest service and greatest contribution to the uh, field of knowledge and uh, the field of uh, human endeavor, where he really put together perfectly and succinctly that how to work toward finding that eternal peace that all of us are trying to achieve, uh, find. Mm-hmm. There, he outlines, uh, on one hand, step by step, there are many, many, many layers, just as Patanjali is talking about, you know, many layers of the practice. But there, one most important thing that stands out in the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, in the teachings of our uh, current uh, uh, Kriya Yoga, which uh, uh, Paramahansji uh, expounded, what really stands out is breath, breath and breath. This is what unfortunately in our modern yoga that is missing, modern yoga has turned into postures and that's mm-hmm. because that is uh, somewhat uh, physically all of us we can relate to. But the, the thing is, uh, there is, we are made of several layers of identities. We have body, we have breath, we have mind, and our life is made up of emotions, our mind is made up of intellect. There are times when uh, we, we operate totally at the level of our instincts. There are times we operate at the level of pure intellect, you know, and logic and reason. And, but in between of all these things, there is one key point that's called breath, breathing. So breathing is the key to the practice of Kriya Yoga. And let me explain why. Because Kriya means action. Knowledge right. without action is just dead knowledge. It does not take us anywhere, you know. And Kriya right. means action. That there is so much energy, so much strength, so much vitality sitting dormant in us. And unless it is made active, vibrant, brought into action, you know, we really don't benefit from what we are and what we have, what is inside us and what is all around us. So, and this journey begins with working uh, with our breath. So I'll say, 
key to this whole process is breathing, breathing, and breathing. And hmm. it is in that respect um, uh, you can see that this whole chapter on the, uh, of the Yoga Sutra, Chapter 2, which I have translated as the practice of the Yoga Sutra, the last 10 sutras are talking about breathing and Every practice, um, later on, whether it is uh, meditation, whether it is samadhi, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, withdrawing our mind to our base, home, home base, that is our own body, everything centers around breathing. And, um, well, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing up Yogananda, uh, because obviously, you know, here at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, you know, we're part of the Yogananda there's a many streams of teachings of his teachings that flowed um and uh this is the center for spiritual enlightenment is is part you know of that uh of what came from as you said when he came you know to the united states in 1920 and he, when he came his teacher uh sri yukteswar told him teach the yoga of the yoga sutras and yeah. so um you know and you've you've taken you've your translation focuses on this second chapter, the second pada um, that we've, you know, that we've mentioned, and um, you know, we we it, it's so rich. There's so many things that we could talk about that are in this this second pada. It was hard to choose uh, what to focus on uh, because there there's so much there, so much to understand and experience about uh, how our mind works and some of the things that really you know get in our way. But at the beginning of the of the uh, of this. Uh, Sadhanapada, this this uh, second chapter that you have translated, um, Patanjali talks about three key practices that make up Kriya Yoga, yeah. and you've translated them as austerity, self-study, and um, surrender to God. So that's tapas, austerity is tapas, self-study is svadhyaya, and then surrender to God, Ishvara Pranidhana. So let's start with uh, with tapas, austerity. Uh, as you've translated. So how does tapas help us become aware of our life's purpose? Tapas is translated as uh, austerity, but it's very loose and very poor translation. And unfortunately, I could not find, and so far uh, I have still have not, have not found a uh, correct word uh, uh, that really translates uh, the entire meaning of the word tapas, which is pure brilliance, light. And uh, so even though, let's say, let's call it austerity. You know, tapas means austerity. And austerity here means to uh, uh, gather our own uh, scattered forces, bring those forces of our body, breath, mind, and soul to a focal point and make it become as concentrated, as one-pointed as possible so that we begin to shine. So see here, in um, uh, religious traditions of the world, whether it's Christianity and Islam or Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, they talk about indulgence, that how indulgence dissipates our vitality, how indulgence dissipates our mind, how indulgence dissipates our vitality and strength and stamina. But despite the fact that we know it, that you know whether it's uh, drinking or whether it's drug or whether it's uh, any other form of uh, you know, uh, orgies, and yet, mind goes there, you know. We know that overeating will hurt us, and in the morning time, we'll be kind of, you know, walking like zombie. And yet, when we are sitting on our dining table and there is good food, we just overeat, and in the morning, you know, and in the night time, we regret. So, just cutting down our, uh, this habitual tendency to bombard our body, mind, and senses, and nervous system, with these sensory inputs, you know, mm -hmm. that itself is called tapas. So for a person who cannot uh, stop from, uh, cannot stop drinking, even if he cuts down a little bit, you know, to just a little bit, that's called tapas. If mm. we start... Yes, and... No. Okay. and uh, I was just going to say... That's right. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, I was just going to say, so another way of thinking about it to me is is uh, self-discipline, uh, which is another, you know, another uh, way of translating the word tapas. And as you mentioned, tapas has this, this quality of light, but it's also a burning, yeah. a burning quality. 
And uh, I have experienced that. Uh, It's actually not that difficult to experience. So, you know, for example, uh, we know one of the yogic practices is is harmlessness. Uh, And lots of times in, uh, you know, in, in society, we may be tempted to gossip in a way that's harmful, you know, about someone. So say you, you know, you, you uh, are thinking of a certain thing about someone that you don't want to say, you really don't, you know, you know, it's not, it's not good. And it's, um, you know, it, it is, uh, it's potentially harmful, you know, to the person to, to say this. And you sit there with this feeling that you want to say it, you want to say it, and there is a burning. <laughs> That really, that really comes from that. That passes. It really does pass. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, interesting that, um, that the word itself captures okay. that, that fire. It has that, that, that quality. Little, little things, if we can start making some improvement in life, that's called tapas. That's called austerity. And improvement uh, can be seen right instantly, then and there. Yes. So, um, I think we'll, I think we'll go to the break. And now, and when we come back, we will talk about the other two components of, of Kriya Yoga that Patanjali mentions, uh, self-study, Svadhyaya, and uh, trustful surrender to God, Ishvara Pranidhana. You're, li- you're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest, Pandit Rajmani Tiganeyat, an internationally known spiritual teacher and author of 15 books, including the recently released The Practice of the Yoga Sutra, Sadhanapada, which we're discussing today. He is a leading voice of the website, yogainternational.com, and you can find out more about his books and teachings at the website, himalayaninstitute.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about eternal joy and ultimate freedom. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to unity.org and click on Publications. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, with my guest today, Pandit Rajmani Tiganeyat. And as I mentioned, you can find out more about him at the website HimalayanInstitute.org. So, Pandit G, we've been, uh, we, we've left off our conversation talking about, uh, tapas. And I wanted next to turn to svadhyaya or self-study. And we even touched on it, perhaps, or the importance of it in talking about tapas, because one of the things that we can learn so much about 
our, uh, one way that we can learn so much about ourselves is just to, to study these moments. <laughs> like the one that I was mentioning where, you know, we are about to do something, we're about to take an action, and yet we know it's not what what we really want to do, what our higher true self really wants to do. And that is a beautiful time for self-study when we can, we can watch that process. We can see ourselves as that, as that unfolds. So how, how does Svadhyaya or self-study help to move us along the path of understanding our deepest self, our, our eternal nature? See, Laurel, you are a living example yourself. I am also a living example of uh, this whole concept. You are an MD doctor, and um, you, you pondered about life, you reflected on yourself, and you saw certain strengths and weaknesses uh, in your uh, so-called uh, medical practice, or let's say that lifestyle. And that allowed you to uh, consider another aspect of life, another avenue of life, and thus uh, you are wherever you are. You are a spiritually, you know, driven person. You are professionally driven person. And you are able to make the best use of the gifts that is there in the scientific world, in the medical world, as well as, let's say, in the world in general, you know, the bigger world, as well as you are able to take advantage of the beautiful world that lies within us. Same thing mm-hmm. happened to me. I was a scholar. I was very uh, professionally driven. And at that time, I was uh, thinking of being somewhere in the university. But something, I reflected on life. I looked at myself. I looked at my habits. I looked at my current situations. I looked at the, uh, my current level of that you know, time, you know, contemporary, that level of my physical strength and mental, uh, you know, emotional uh, maturity and intellectual sharpness. And then I realized that what I was doing with life, as I reflected on that, I ended up in a place where I had the opportunity to enjoy the both world. The world is made of uh, objects of the world, and uh, I have a family, I have a profession, I write, I travel, I teach, I make money, and at the same time, I have plenty of time for myself, and most mm. importantly, I have time to really evaluate myself. Am I walking in the right right path, in the right direction, at right pace? This is what self-study, Swadhyaya, is all about, and once mm-hmm. we commit ourselves to that, things really start unfolding. It's like our yes. fortune that starts walking toward us, you know? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It's uh, that feeling of you take one step uh, and then something opens and then you take another step and then the opening just continues. Uh, so the last of the three, the three uh, practices that make up Kriya Yoga in in coming from Patanjali's, what Patanjali said, is Ishvara Pranidhana, or trustful surrender to God. So how does this surrender to God, this trustful surrender to God, help us realize our eternal nature and also the ground of this this lasting happiness, this joy that we've been talking about? I'll say that when we are committed to self-study, which means self-examination, self-analysis, self-observation, you know, contemplation, then we come to realize that we are that we are part of a much bigger reality. And this whole world is part of that much bigger reality. In fact, our own personal life, our collective life, and the whole world is an extension of that reality. And when we do not have that realization, then there is always some degree of uncertainty in life. There is some degree of fear and insecurity in life. Doubt changes us. Doubt follows us. And that's a very, very painful, painful way of living, in, uh, living life. So mm-hmm. as soon as we come to realize that, the, there is, that this entire galaxy, the sun, moon, stars, galaxies, they are definitely not just uh, uh, accidentally, just, they just happen to be there. Our own birth, you know, uh, having, finding our own mother, father, family, society, culture, and the way things are happening around us, it is not just a, uh, uh, it's not just a, uh, an act of uh, some blind force, inert force out there, but rather it's a very, very wonderful and intelligent 
compassion-driven reality that surrounds us. And once we uh, comprehend that, then many of the situations that uh, walk into our life, they really begin to make very much sense. Otherwise, we are constantly asking, why did God do this thing to me? What, yeah. what have I done that I must reap this kind of karma? The thing is, these kinds of questions can never be answered so easily. However, right. if we know that there is a higher reality that's, that is within us, that is around us, that is between us, that was there before we were born, that will continue to be there after we are no longer in our body, then it's great strength. Great guiding force is suddenly right there for us. And therefore, mm. the, our list of complaints start kind of uh, 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 becoming smaller, you know. And that mm-hmm. is a very big freedom, very big freedom that our list of complaints are evaporating, you know. And that's right. what Pranidhana is, you know. It's not that yes. uh, we surrender ourselves to Hindu God or Christian God or Muslim God, and then we, uh, then in the name of uh, surrendering to that God, we fight uh, with other group of people. No, it's just the acknowledgement of, acceptance of, and, Im- and embracing that there is higher reality, you know. And that higher reality is very pervasive, eternal, and uh, all uh, omnipresent. That's a great, 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 you know, uh, uh, source of freedom and joy. Yes, 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 very well said. So um, we have been talking about this uh, ultimate uh, freedom and eternal joy, which I think most people would say, yes, please, sign me up, (laughs) sign me up for that. (laughs) But, uh, however, we, we can find ourselves stuck in unfulfilling patterns that continue to cause us pain and sorrow. And, and of course, Patanjali, even those thousands of years ago, when he first, you know, sat down, when he first, you know, uh, captured the, the sutra, Yoga Sutras, um, he understood this, and they were apparently having some of the same problems <laughs> that we have, um, because he lists these five afflictions, or kleshas, um, which you, you translate as uh, ignorance, false sense of self-identity, attachment, aversion, and fear of death. And you say that these are the ultimate sources of our sorrow. So um, starting with this first one, this first affliction, ignorance is really the source of the other afflictions because it's ignorance of our true nature. So it's really the deepest ignorance it's a mistaken it's a mistaken understanding of who we are so how do you describe this ignorance to your students you know it's a there is a very very practical dimension of this uh, abstract sounding idea of uh, ignorance you know avidya ignorance and it is our very un uh, wavering, unshakable conviction in our own preconceived notions. You know, we do not want to renounce that. That uh, that uh, 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 strong determination not to let our own preconceived notions to go, or even not to let our preconceived notions and preoccupations and our belief system to be even analyzed and examined. That's called avidya. You know, um, uh, let me tell you an experience I had. A person, in a, uh, uh, a mother uh, who lost her young son, at, uh, whom he was only, he, he completed his education from Harvard at the age of 27. Uh, he got into accident and died. And mm. uh, I happened to be uh, uh, there in the town, and I went and I visited, and the mother was totally distraught, and I spent two days with the mother. And uh, third day, when her pain somewhat little bit subsided, she told me amazing thing, which I was shocked. She said, um, uh, thank you for helping me, but I want to uh, clarify that I belong to such and such organization, and I do not uh, uh, want to uh, uh, receive, I do not accept any help from any other organization. I was quite surprised. My God, it has nothing to do with any organization, any culture, or any uh, you know religion. At this moment, the most urgent thing this uh, uh, mother needs is, solace, a, a 
peace, some 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 uh, some support from inside that uh, you know uh, that she needs. But no, she mm-hmm. is she was fully determined not to really accept any advice from anyone other than what uh, uh, she thought was the right place. And her guru was, some te- her teacher was somewhere uh, in Tibet, and uh, she was uh, still uh, trying to connect to her teacher, and who was deep into, you know, the interiors of Tibet. And it was quite shocking. So see here, our priorities are so convoluted. And we just go on, go on clinging to our preconceived notions, and in the process, we fail to recognize the fact that there is an urgent need to overcome our pain and sorrow. You know, so mm-hmm. refusal to overcome the pain and sorrow in most, uh, you know, what you call efficient manner, that itself is avidya, that itself is ignorance. And lots of problems are out there because of this, you know, situation. So that's what I mm-hmm. say, it's avidya. That is our strong, you know, in Sutra, Yoga Sutra, Chapter 2, Sutra 24 tells us that viparya um, jnana vasana, our strong, strong desire not to let go our pain and sorrow itself is ignorance. And that, and that is so, it's so in, uh, counterintuitive, you know, uh, that how can anybody w- will not want to be happy? But yes, you see, why are people, you know, these extremists and many, many other terrorists, people go through an enormous pain just to, just to prove a certain point, you know? Why? You know, just be happy, be peaceful, be kind, be loving, let go, don't hold on to revenge, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, violence. And yet, it's so difficult to communicate the idea of love and peace and compassion to uh, lots of people out there. That is what, that is, that is function of avidya, ignorance. So we've, you know, mentioned that in addition to this, this ignorance that we've been talking about, there are other afflictions or kleshas, you know, uh, uh, attachment to certain things, aversion, you know, avoidance of other things and fear of death. So uh, how do we overcome these? How do we, how do we surmount these barriers and get back to what we were talking about before, the, the uh, eternal joy and, and ultimate freedom? Uh, as uh, um, uh, you can see in the Yoga Sutra, it talks about that going backward order. That means the most vivid affliction is our fear. Fear of losing our life. You know? mm-hmm. Fear of losing our possessions. Fear of losing that which is so dear to us, whether it is name, fame, popularity, money, f- family, children, wife, husband, uh, our uh, uh, own social uh, respect. So try to see what causes us to be so fearful, very simple uh, uh, answer comes, wow, I, I never thought that, I'm so attached to, I never thought that I have given so, I give so much value to these things. And then you realize, then you wonder, how, why I'm giving so much value to it? Well, answer comes, there is another, uh, 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 there, there comes the answer. Answer is that that's what, uh, that's what uh, defines my existence. I am, Let's say I'm a pundit, I'm a scholar, I'm a writer, and somebody, you know, says, uh, I read your book and it's horrible, I can't believe that a person like you writes that thing, and who made, I, I can't believe. And if I really identify, identify myself as a very great, learned, writer, speaker, teacher, it will be horrible, you know, that person mm. who is telling this thing, who is criticizing me, he may have a point, or he may not have a point, but the thing is, that should not bother me, you know. Uh, if somebody criticizes me, that does not take away anything that which is so essential to me. And my essential being is totally unaffected by people's criticism or people's admiration to me. And yet, it makes so much difference to me. Suppose if it makes that, that, that much difference to me, I'll be completely sucked into it. And I'll, I'll not have any time, energy left to really uh, focus myself on something meaningful and purposeful. I'll be just going, I'll be just get, I'll, I'll get caught into defending myself. No, no, I I'm a good writer. What do you mean? You are a poor re- reader. So everything <laughs> boils down to this asmita, I amness, self-identity. 
I'm a man, I'm a woman. I'm Easterner or I'm Westerner. I'm Christian or I'm Hindu. You know, and this is my identity. And I will live for this identity. I will die for this identity. And we never make an attempt to examine. Is it my total identity or it is just one of many you know, uh, identities? And ultimately, what is my true identity? I'm a human mm. being. Beyond that, there we I'm go. Child. There we no. go. Back to self-study again. Huh? Back to back to uh, Swadvaya Swadhyaya. You know, who am I? What what am I? Yeah, so right. so Pat- Patanjali uh, really talks about some practical tools in in his uh, in in this Sadhanapada that you, that you've uh, your book is the new uh, translation and commentary. So and he really talks about the importance of meditation. In, in our journey toward liberation and in also in, a, in overcoming these obstacles that we've been talking about. So what's, how important, in your view, is meditation? It's very important. Without that, we cannot reach anywhere. The thing is that in order to really comprehend anything, we need a clear, calm, tranquil, peaceful, one-pointed mind. And no matter whether we are talking about, uh, you know, worldly achievement or spiritual achievement, and um, but anywhere, if in any uh, endeavor, we need a healthy, clear, calm, tranquil mind. If mind is dull, mind is disturbed, mind is dissipated, mind is confused, we cannot really accomplish anything. Therefore, journey must begin with acquiring a clear, calm, tranquil, peaceful, and one-pointed mind. And that kind of mind can be cultivated only through meditation. You know, we can take some herbs, we can take some drugs, we can take, uh, you know, uh, we can do anything, but anything, first thing, it may have some effect, but short-lived effect. Ultimately, we have to figure out how to uh, reach that space inside us where we are able to uh, look at our own mirror of mind and mm-hmm. make sure that this mirror of mind is clean, undistorted. And mm-hmm. we make that mind you know, our very best friend. As long as our mind is not friendly with us, we will remain caught in this uh, never-ending uh, fight, and uh, you know, inner conflict. And that is why meditation is must. Yoga without meditation is actually not yoga, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and but however, the asana, pranayama, bandhas, mudras, prayers, and all that thing they help us prepare to acquire that kind of mind. So example is here in the Yoga Sutra, it talks about that asana is very important. Why? Unless physically we are fit and healthy, it will be very difficult to have, you know, a good healthy mind because the sound, you know, for, in order to cultivate a sound mind, we have to have a healthy body. Therefore, we need some basic knowledge of and the practice of good food, good diet, you know, proper kind of exercise. That's what we accomplished through asana. Then we need to know something about our breathing. If breath is erratic and breath is noisy, breath is shallow, then again, that will disturb both the equanimity of our mind as well as the, you know, harmonious, balanced uh, functions of our nervous system and brain. So, therefore, all practices that are there in the Yoga Sutra, they are designed to help us acquire a good, healthy, clear, calm, and one-pointed mind. And then, Mm -hmm. with the help of meditation, we turn that kind of one-pointed, peaceful mind inward and look at, wow, this is what my habits are. This is what my strengths are. This is where my weaknesses mm-hmm. are. And here is how I can uh, deal with them. So meditation mm-hmm. is very integral part of this entire you know, uh, yogic quest. So, uh, so given that, that we both think that meditation is such an important uh, practice, and, and from my perspective, you know, not only from my personal experience, but also uh, from all of the scientific study that's been done on meditation that has shown what a wonderful practice it is uh, for many, many aspects of our, of our health. Um, so where, where does someone begin? What advice would you give to beginning meditators about how to begin a meditation practice? Please begin with uh, breathing. Just first pay attention to your uh, 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 breath. A healthy breathing 
makes your mind healthy and unhealthy breathing makes your mind unhealthy so first you unite you first you cultivate a good healthy breathing pattern breath and that means uh, where your breath is smooth and between inhalation and exhalation there is no pause but rather inhalation and exhalation uh, follow each other seamlessly then uh, mm-hmm. your breath and your breathing is uh, deep noiseless jerkless there is no jerk there is no noise there is no pause in your breath and just breathe gently and smoothly step one mm-hmm. then you bring your attention to the fact that your mind and breath are aware of each other just allow your mind to uh, feel the flow of your breath and most importantly and which i will not go in much more detail just in your own nostril area nostril from your opening up your nostril all the way to your forehead just when you are inhaling feel gentle serene peaceful flow of your breath uh, moving up 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 from your opening up your nostrils all the way to your forehead and then as you exhale feel the flow of your breath from your forehead all the way to your nostrils gentle and smooth and the whole point is that you should feel it not imagine do not imagine it but actually feel it and as you feel as you make an effort to feel it automatically your breath and mind are united as a result mm. number 1 your mind has no reason to be scattered and dissipated throughout the uh, objective world number 2 your breath becomes very serene and peaceful that call healthy breath and automatically therefore your mind is one pointed and your mind is one pointedly united with healthy breath as a result mind starts getting that nourishment that joy which mind is trying to find all over in the objective world and therefore once the mind tastes the hidden joy that is right there in our own breath then mm. automatically mind will not have any incentive to be disturbed distracted and stupefied mm. no <laughs> that's that's great that's great so so unbelievably unbelievably panditji we have come to the end of our time together almost we've got maybe one or two more minutes oh, okay. and and i wanted to give you a chance in in closing out uh, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners i will uh, uh, you know uh, really first congratulate your listeners because i know your organization very well and that uh, what kind of organization you are a spiritually driven organization where at the same time you are so broad minded and uh, i uh, request and i advise um, uh, all the listeners that please open your mind open your heart love all and hate none and all these great teachers from all different traditions have only one message love all and hate none and attain freedom from fear here and now it is the fear driven mind and fear driven society that um, goes on harboring all pain and sorrow in the world so please continue loving and caring all human beings and all living beings and that mm. is the message of yoga yoga on one hand is asana pranayama meditation but at the same time yoga is a spiritual quest where uh, we expect our to know ourselves and know the self of all and thus that is where begins the real union between uh, two individuals between two families between two cultures between two nations and ultimately the real union between ourselves and the lord of life this is what mm. i invite to everyone hmm well padichi thank you so much You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing eternal joy and ultimate freedom with our special guest, Pandit Rajmani Tigunayat, PhD, the successor of Sri Swami Rama of the Himalayas. 
Himalayas, and the spiritual head of the Himalayan Institute. He is the author of 15 books, including his recently released The Practice of the Yoga Sutra, Sadhanapada, which we've been discussing today. Over the past 35 years, Pandit Ji has touched innumerable lives around the world, and you can find out more about his books and teachings at the website HimalayanInstitute.org. So once again, thank you so much, Pandit Ji, for joining us. Thank you, Laurel, and thank you, everyone. God bless you all. You can listen to two previous episodes of the Yoga Hour featuring Pandaji. Uh, the first from um, May 10th, 2012. It's called uh, Yoga, Ecology, and the Divine Feminine. And the other one is from August 14th, 2014, entitled Wisdom of the Yoga Sutra, Radiant Living is Your Birthright. And you can find these by going to unity.fm slash the yoga hour and entering his name into the search box. And it's his last name uh, is sufficient to bring up these episodes. It's T-I-G-U-N-A-I-T. Tigunayit. Um, join us next week for a program from our archive, Embrace Your Open-Hearted Life, The Way of Compassion, featuring the venerable Tuptin Chodron, an American-born Buddhist nun, the founder and abbess of Sravasti Abbey, and co-author of An Open-Hearted Life. And the conversation is all about compassion. Um, <clears throat> the Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization. And the world headquarters is in San Jose, California, with many uh, online programs as well. You can find out more about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends about it. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the show, Yogacharya O'Brien, as well as assistant producers Ann Hayes and Sean Smith, as well as always Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world It's been said that the way to build a peaceful world is one person at a time. Think about it. Haven't we all been in situations where one person's attitude, his or her state of mind and way of being, had a profound effect on everyone in the group? We may have seen times when the effect was negative, caused by gossip or backbiting. But we've all seen times where one person changed an environment in a positive way. By maintaining a friendly attitude of goodwill toward everyone, he or she gradually influenced more and more members of the group to do the same. 
Before long, the positive attitude became the norm. Peace began with one person. I look for opportunities to be that person. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 